grab your popcorn and snacks, find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. How's everybody's Monday been going? I hope you said okay. I know it's Monday. It sucks. One more day to go. But maybe because it's, it's a show, I can take a little bit of that that, that factor away from you. Okay? Uh, my name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state, which means we can get to you. It may take us a couple days. But we can definitely get to you. Um, California is a huge state. And, you know, when people think of California, and I agree with this because I grew up in that type of mindset, when people think of California, they think it was kind of like Hawaii. You know, we got beaches and surfing and all that going on. That's true, partially. On the, on, on the like, lower, yeah, from the mid to lower half of the state. But there's also the other parts of the state that are kind of cooler and spread out. So we've got a lot of mountains. We've got, the, well, we got the ocean, of course. We've got a lot of mountains. We've got farmland. We've got desert. We've got high desert. So we have a little bit of everything. And that's why when I say, you know, even though I have people uh, spread up and, up and down the state, it may take us a couple of days to get to you to help you because of, the, because of the, that vastness of the state. However, you know, if you do need help in that, I do have psychics on staff who can call you and talk to you about what's going on. And in most cases... They can kind of settle stuff down until we get there because it's not going to take us more than two days to get to you. But in, in, in most cases, they can help you out that way. Anyway, again, my name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host. We've got a great show tonight. I, I'm just, whoo, I'm losing. I'm going to slow down, slow down, breathe. Jeffrey Seelman is with us and he's going to talk to us about you know dealing with dark forces and how negativity can affect us to the point where the dark forces come around us, how negativity can draw that in. All right, so we're going to talk about some of that tonight. Before we do that, though, I am t- I am holding a meditation club, and uh, we've been meeting uh, mostly every other day at uh, 7:45 p.m. Pacific after the show. But I've decided, uh, you know, a lot of you guys on the East Coast are left out, so I'm going to be doing it twice a day. I'm going to be doing it at 3 p.m. Pacific, which would be 6 p.m. Um, back East time, and then I'll be doing it at 7:45 Pacific for my Pacific team. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, uh, go on over to California Haunts Meetup and uh, sign up. It's just look up, look up California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team, click on events, and there should be a sign up there for you to sign up. And it's, it's a monthly meetup. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a monthly meetup. I don't know what I'm saying, anyway. It's, it's been a long day. It's a, it, 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 yeah, it, it's a, it's going to be two or three times a week that, that we're doing this. That's what I'm trying to get across. Um, so that uh, it's, it's going to be consistent. You pay one fee for the month, and we're going to be doing that. We're going to be talking about, you know, how, how to make your energy work for you and all that good stuff. All right? So that's going to start. Uh, the 3 p.m. thing is going to start not today. It will start on Thursday. That gives you some time to sign up. And if, if, my, if the link's not there, it will be there shortly after this show. Okay? And my intern hasn't uh, been here to work on my pages, so I don't know how far along she got. And I got in here late, so... We'll just have to put that. But do check out the California Haunts Paranormal Institute. I can't talk right. Okay. 
That being said, if you're watching from Facebook today and you like what you see and you haven't done so already, please feel free to uh, follow me. Uh, we do shows every day, Sunday through uh, Friday. Sunday we read from a paranormal themed book, like this. Today we started Omnipresent, What Happens Next. And so every Sunday I read to you for an hour, you know, we talk about the paranormal and things like that. If you're watching from YouTube, same thing. Uh, there's, there's 781 shows over at YouTube, and it's all this show. We're in the fourth season right now. And they're all scattered around. So what I did, I took the liberty of putting them into folders so you guys can find them easier. If you're into things like tonight, that has its own folder. If you're into Nancy Matz, she's got her own folder. If you're into UFOs and things like that, that's got its own folder. It makes it a lot easier to find these different shows that we've done over the years. Okay? And, that, and the same thing goes for YouTube. If you haven't subscribed already, please do. We are three. We're a little over 320 away from hitting that 1,000 subscriber mark. I really love to hit that mark in this season. It, it, it would be great, you know, so we can really get things rolling with the show. Also, if you find it in your heart, and I see somebody has already said, send me some love, show me some love, uh, do that heart, do, the, do that thumbs up thing, do that smiley face, because that helps us in the algorithm. And that goes for Facebook. Gosh, I'm all tough. Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. The more love you show us, the higher up we are in the algorithm. If you comment during the show, that puts us higher in the algorithm as well. So, you know, it's, it's not that hard to do, but, uh, but that, you know, you don't have to. So only if you like what we do here. And if there's somebody else in the house you think might be interested in the show, have them come on over. Say, hey, there's this little show with the... With, <laughs> God, it's just not having to There's this little show with the uh, host that's a little confused today. <laughs> uh, I've had a lot going on today. My mind is just... Uh, anyway, there's this little show with, with this little host that's confused. Come on over to my show. Come on over and watch. And um, if you guys are interested in joining our TikTok, we are under California Haunts on TikTok. And I, I am open to subscribers over there. And you guys will be known as my Boo Crew. Right? Boo Crew, get it? Nobody laughed. Okay. But anyway, come on over to TikTok because I'm doing a lot of videos over there and stuff. And Karen Clark and I uh, are within a week of launching our stuff over on TikTok. So we're going to be doing tarot readings and, and just, 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 just things like that. And I'm going to make sure we're well grounded before we do it because I don't want to have to call in anybody like this gentleman here. Like the gentleman that's going to be out of it. Okay, always think about that. All right, that being said, welcome everybody. And my guest tonight has been on before. And we had a great time talking to him. He is an exorcist and it's always interesting to talk. With those gentlemen, I've been in a couple cases that I've handled here in California where we had to call in an exorcist to actually help us out. So it's, it's very uh, interesting. It's, you know, and, and I'll let him tell you about it. He, he obviously knows more than I do because he's been doing it long, longer than I have. So let me call him in. Let's get Jeffrey Seelman in. And uh, here we go. Hello. Hello, Charlotte. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you. I promise. Again, to, again. Thank you. Back, glad to be, to be back. More, I promise to be more with it. I don't know why my mind's going, but it is me. <laughs> so well, that's me, okay. You know, it's. Uh, I'm sure we'll get it together. There we go. So tell me about you, sir. Okay, uh, I'm a professional exorcist, psychic. I was born with psychic abilities. I'm a published author. I'm a teacher. And uh, I help people with problems when they have 
negative emotional energy trapped in their energy fields of their body and also problems in a person's living environment whether it be uh your home or your apartment or a condominium i also help people with their businesses uh get them off the ground energetically and also clear business property as well i have three books out my latest book is moving energy I also have a new essay out uh, that I just released uh, about two and a half weeks ago, and it's called Bad Spirits on the Internet. That's absolutely fascinating. One quick thing. Um, the person that, do that donated me some money to me last uh, last week, thank you very much. You know who you are. Thank you for that. Helps keep the show on the air. Um, I was going to ask you, when you talk about negative energy and how that can affect people, I mean, can that attract like, um, like, like, not like how a piggyback goes, but, but, but can that attract like, so, like a spirit to attach itself to you? Well, there's a lot of spirits out there. Uh, everybody who has passed on is a spirit. I also believe that all living people are spirits and we just have a physical body at the moment. So we have this duality to us, uh, which is a good thing. Right. And also, I believe that there are different kinds of spirits out there, uh, including demonic spirits. Demonic spirits are a different kind of spirit. They're very negative and they don't like humans. Uh, most spirits are good and some are not. And so we don't have to worry about the ones that are positive, the ones that are good. We all have spirit guides, sure. but we, there's a lot of negative spirits out there as well. So we know how many humans are on the planet Earth. There's billions of us. And so there are lots of people on the other side as well, uh, what I call non-physical reality. Some people call it heaven. Uh, that's a great name for it as well. And so most of those spirits are good and they try to help people, some of them, sometimes, uh, and some do not. Uh, there are troubled spirits out there and angry spirits. And sometimes they attack human beings. They attack families and they attack businesses. Um, yeah, part of the question I had too was, can you draw these, you know, the, the, those bad spirits in just by having a negative attitude or anything like that? Uh, as far as a person having a negative attitude? Yes. yes. Yeah, I, I think so that, uh, if we're not protecting ourselves properly, and one of the things that I do teach is personal protection, how to, how to create a stronger energy field. And so if we don't do that, uh, we can become susceptible to negative spirits. And if people are angry, if they're depressed, and that goes on for a while, mm -hmm. that makes it that much easier uh, for a negative spirit to... Uh, 
be able to affect us on an emotional level, which is usually how these attacks go. So negative spirits throw their rage and their anger and also nonverbal communication, also known as telepathy. Mm -hmm. And that is something that spirits do to try to amplify a living person's anger mm -hmm. uh, or their bad attitude. And uh, that can have a, pro a profound effect upon the person uh, and and create uh, an even greater amount of anger and rage uh, and and also bad attitude and so uh, it can amplify it to very huge amounts. Okay. Well, I talk with people who have said that um, obviously they're Christians who have said that old ghosts are demons. There's no such thing as a ghost. That old ghosts are what? Demons. And that there's no such thing as ghosts. Well, I think that demonic spirits, Charlotte, are actually um, uh, a certain kind of spirit. I don't mm -hmm. think that they're really all that common. I've been doing this for 34 years. Uh, and I was, like I said, I was born with psychic ability. I certainly have come across demonic spirits quite often in my work. Uh, but I don't think percentage-wise, that it's the greater amount of spirit. I think that demonic spirits are essentially the counterpart of angelic spirits, mm -hmm. meaning that they have about the same amount of power and know-how to be able to affect human beings. Right. And uh, But I don't think that all negative spirits are demonic spirits. Mm -hmm. uh, most negative spirits that we encounter are just negative people who are dead and continue to do negative things. That's really good. Okay. Okay. So when you talk about um, drawing in these types of spirits, you, you, you kind of let on to maybe somebody might yeah, be in a bad mood or whatever. What are other ways that you can draw this stuff in? I mean, you've, you've always heard stories about like uh, tarot cards, the, the Ouija board, and things like that? It's a good question. Um, certainly divination tools mm -hmm. like uh, Ouija boards, which do work, or people wouldn't buy them and use them, sure. uh, and pendulums, uh, frontal communication, simply trying to communicate with the spirit. Uh, these are ways that we can uh, talk with both positive and unfortunately negative spirits, they can also step in because we can't see them. Uh, say a person is operating a Ouija board and you have maybe with another person, that's the way it's supposed to be done. And we have, uh, each person has a hand on the planchette as it is called. That's that part that goes around the Ouija board, that little uh, device with a hole in it so you can see uh, what the letters are spelling out. Uh, we don't really know who we're talking to. And so sometimes it can be a positive spirit and sometimes it can be a negative spirit. And uh, so it's not really recommended unless you know what you're doing. It's probably a little bit too common that people use Ouija boards sure. because it's sort of like a invisible party line. Uh, one moment we're talking to 
a positive spirit, then something else steps in. Another way that uh, negative spirits can affect a person and also very quickly is when a person blacks out on alcohol, drugs, or uh, anger itself, where they lose control. Now, I'm not speaking about alcohol use and drug use. I'm talking about abuse, meaning that a person would uh, essentially, like I said, black out. And, and then they step out and something else steps in. Right. I was just reading a comment online. Um, is there any, I mean, for people that insist on using these things, because I know I've been on investigations where we've asked them flat out, Are, have you used a Ouija board or tarot cards? And they'll say, oh, no, we don't. And then we'll find it like up in the closet later. You know what I mean? Is, is there any way, and I don't want to encourage people to do this because it does open up a doorway to where you don't know what you're talking to but is there a way that people can ground themselves before they do it, if they are going to do it? People have been using uh, all sorts of divination tools, uh, including mediums, sitting at the head of the table uh, for centuries and centuries. And the only way to really stop a negative spirit or spirits from interfering and attacking people is putting up some protection around not only the individuals, but also the group that is uh, uh, engaged in, say, the Ouija board mm -hmm. or some kind of medium and talking with that person, uh, some kind of pendulum work. Uh, there has been other kinds of divination as well throughout the ages, but uh, if you study, and I have studied, um, what people do and have done in the past, mm -hmm. uh, let's just say in the last uh, two or three hundred years, they've gone to great lengths in order to protect themselves, sometimes by saying prayers, sometimes uh, by doing different rituals of different mm -hmm. kinds. There's a lot of things people can do to protect themselves. And when people do not protect themselves, that's when the trouble starts. And like I said, one one moment you're speaking to uh, a positive spirit with good intentions. And then a more powerful spirit can step in and take over. And very often uh, people get a very uh, creepy feeling when that happens uh, and they know inherently uh, that something negative is around. And I, I've been to probably over 400 Ouija board sessions in my life, mm -hmm. mostly back in the 1990s. And um, one of my jobs uh, being an exorcist uh, is to protect people and that's what I had to do. So one moment everything was going fine and we were talking we were talking to somebody's relative who had passed on and then the next moment uh, the whole room would kind of go ice cold and people would kind of even start shivering sometimes and we would know that there was something negative there and I would have to chase it away and then uh we begin again, essentially, with some more positive communication. 
interesting. How good are they, like these demons in convincing people that, that that they're nice? Because I know there's stories I've heard from clients saying, oh, well, I thought I was talking to this little girl or talking to so-and-so, and it turned ugly on me. So how good are they at, 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 at mimicking, right? Any spirit can impersonate anybody. Okay. Not just demonic spirits, but also uh, regular spirits. So a spirit can look like anything that it wants to look like. And I'm talking about positive spirits as well as negative spirits. And so positive spirits take the shape and form of who they want to look like for the moment. So uh, essentially, you know, on the other side, it's not like people are sitting around on clouds and park benches or something. You know, there's lots of social activities. You know, you get together with your loved ones on the other side and you may want to wear, uh, let's say it's a female spirit, uh, that you want to wear um, a white dress. Uh, all you have to do is generate an image of a white dress, and that comes from the power of the mind. That's how it works on the other side. And so also uh, a person uh, can look uh, any age they want to as well. Like say you passed on when you're 80 years old, mm -hmm. just by thinking about it, you can look like you did when you were 25 years old. But it's also true that you can look like anybody else that you want to. But spirits can tell because each person has their own unique vibrational rate, kind of like our physical DNA, Charlotte. And so uh, a, they're not really going to fool a spirit, but they can fool us. Uh, but positive spirits don't fool people. Negative spirits will. So it's very easy for a negative or demonic spirit to sound and look like somebody else and mimic their speech or telepathic uh sounds that you hear in your head essentially which are reproduced uh by your own mind our own mind so that's how telepathic thoughts are actually transferred you know it, it's uh transferred by one spirit to let's say a living person mm -hmm. and that uh is reproduced in our mind so that we hear a sound like somebody is talking to us and if they want to, we're talking about negative spirits here, uh, they can actually sound like anybody they want to, including our uh, happy relatives that have passed on. So it's kind of a, a dangerous uh, thing to do. It's not an exact science. Someday they might have some kind of machine or device uh, that allows us to talk to people on the other side without some kind of interference, but we don't have that yet. And so people can, uh, or I should say, like say we're, we're talking about demonic spirits, demonic spirits can uh, fool people into thinking that there's somebody else and end up doing a number of things. One of them is giving them really bad and inaccurate information. That's one thing. Another thing uh, that can happen is that 
they can uh, attack people uh, because say you think you're talking to your deceased grandmother, which is a normal thing you want to do. And, but it really is a negative spirit or a demonic spirit. And so when your emotion is high and you're not protecting yourself, it's possible for them to actually attack your energy fields. And that can have a really profound effect, like making a person feel really, really bad uh, for uh, a day, an hour, a number of days, uh, you know, even a week or two or longer. So an attack by a negative spirit, especially a demonic spirit, is something that can have a lasting effect on someone and they need to clear out that energy. Yeah, do you think you have a really good advantage though? Because, I mean, you are psychic, so obviously you can see them more than anybody else can see them. So, the, the, you know, in your work as an exorcist, does that give you an advantage? It does. Uh, certainly when I'm working, but I do have stories about when I, when I have not been working, uh, where I have been attacked by spirits and even demonic spirits. And so it's usually when I'm not looking, you know, when I'm working and helping a person or a family, mm -hmm. clearing a home or a business, I'm paying, I'm paying very much, a t uh, good attention to what I'm doing. I'm being very careful. It's usually when I'm just doing what normal people do, you know, and out and about, uh, that's when I have to watch it. Uh, and even somebody like me, because I'm not always paying attention to spirits and I can't always see them. I, I don't always see spirits everywhere. You know, I learned to shut that off a long time ago. So I'm not always paying attention to what I call non-physical reality. Uh -huh. uh, and so this is when I've been hit and negative things have happened, and that can happen to any of us. I've had it happen to myself. I was at a particular place doing a post after the investigation, and something went right through me. You know, I was sitting there, and I was sick for two days afterwards. Absolutely, and that's happened to me as well. Uh, and uh, it's usually... Uh, it's not always been, it, you know, it's happened to maybe, maybe five times to me. Mm -hmm. And, but those were serious things. Uh, I can tell you about one of them if you'd like. Sure. I think people would find this interesting. Um, I went against my own better judgment. Uh, and what I decided to do was um, this very famous haunted mansion that was here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and still is. It's actually uh, a, a hotel, you know, it's a mansion made in it. Wow. The rooms are remodeled. They have like hot tubs in them. Not all of them, but they're very nice. But the mansion uh, is known to be haunted. And just about everybody who has been in there has seen something. And it used to be a speakeasy in the basement. And there's still a bar down there. Uh, it's not a functioning bar. It's just a private bar now for the people. And there is a tunnel leading across the street where they used to bring in uh, alcohol and also prostitutes. Right. Now, uh, what happens is, is that every Halloween they have a three-day event where they have ghost hunters that come in, uh, quite a few of them. Not all of them stay overnight in, in the mansion. There's only probably about, I would say, 15 rooms. Mm -hmm. 
and they're very nice too. And uh, but you know there might be like a hundred or so ghost hunters, and uh, and so they congregate in the basement. That's kind of where it starts, and then they go upstairs, and all the rooms are open, even the rooms where people are staying at. You know they ask they to keep them open so that the ghost hunters can go through with their EVP machines and just to sense things as well. And surprisingly, uh, even the bar is open downstairs and uh, serves free alcohol. This is something very, before I go on, this is something very different than in Europe. Uh, if anybody is familiar with how they do ghost hunting events in Europe, especially in the UK, uh, they're not allowed to drink alcohol on the tours. Uh, and uh, even if a person shows up and they're intoxicated, they may be asked to leave the tour. It's dangerous uh, and it's easier for a spirit to attack somebody who's intoxicated. And so anyways, uh, my job was really to give uh, speeches on all three nights mm -hmm. to the ghost hunters, me being sort of a ghost buster and them being a ghost hunter. And so, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, I also at that time, this was a number of years ago. And uh, at that time, I also was doing some radio shows, much like you're doing right now. And uh, so I was doing some radio and I would interview people in the home who are staying overnight. Many of them had never even been in a haunted house or and this is a huge mansion. Uh, here in Milwaukee, and you can even access it through Expedia.com. Mm -hmm. And so that it's, it's that well known and that easy to make reservations. So anyway, um, uh, you know, I, I give my speeches, which were essentially warnings to be careful. I had really, I'd gone through uh, not only the mansion, but I brought a television crew uh, that was from a television station here in Milwaukee at the time. And, and while they were filming, one of the greats, the cold air return greats, if you know what that is, mm -hmm. that was in the wall actually popped off when flying across the room and the, and the camera did catch it. So it was kind of an interesting television broadcast uh, in the morning. But so I was giving these speeches uh, to warn the ghost hunters to be careful, not to provoke any kind of spirits don't say things like pinch me scratch me bite me this kind of thing push me down the stairs because there were lots of stairs this, man this mansion was very tall you know so it had like three or four flights to it not including the basement and there were uh these hotel rooms on each floor essentially uh and that went pretty well i was interviewing people on the radio and so each was amazing. I mean, one couple who had never been in a haunted mansion in their life and really didn't even believe in this kind of stuff, they thought, well, why not? And they rented a room and, and while they were in there uh, and they were had the ironing board out, I think they were ironing something to wear uh, that, and I was interviewing them on the radio station that the iron, the iron itself came flying out of the wall and went flying across the room just to give you an idea of the kind of things that were happening all around this mansion. Now, what happened to me was this. The last night that I was there, the third night, uh, I had gone through and done a speech in front of all of these ghost hunters that had really good intentions, very nice people. Uh, but again, of course, there's lots of alcohol being served. And 
I have nothing against alcohol. You know, it's just basically, it doesn't mix with ghost hunting. Mm -hmm. And so, but so people were kind of drunk and uh, I didn't really pay much attention to it really. Uh, I didn't really, I didn't, you know, go through the rooms myself. Uh, I'd already done that before. What happened was, was that uh, I was up very late with the owners uh, after most people had left or gone to bed if they were staying overnight. And there was just a few of us around. And so I had a room by myself. It was called the Gold Room. It's a very famous room there. And I'll just give you an example of one thing that happened. Uh, uh, earlier that night, uh, I had gone upstairs to get some business cards and uh, I had them in a drawer. And I sat down on my bed and this very, I don't know what this is called and maybe you do, but uh, at the end of the bed was a very heavy gold fabric. Now, people out there who are listening probably know more than I do about what this might be called, but it, it had to weigh at least, you know, 35 pounds, you know, it was something that was meant to be a decoration. It was not a blanket. It was something that decorated the bed and it was a very heavy gold fabric and probably very old. Uh, when I sat down in the bed, this thing started rising up in the air and it was actually like rising up and making waves right in the middle of the air. Now, I saw this and and I knew that it was a negative spirit because a positive spirit would not do something like that. And this was in the room that I was going to be sleeping in in a few hours. And I didn't do anything about it at the time. I just said, you know, I'm not impressed is what I, I think I said that out loud even. I normally don't talk to spirits uh, verbally, but I said something like, you know, just knock it off. It's not going to work. And so I didn't really pay much attention to it. I just grabbed the business cards and went back downstairs. What happened, though, something far more interesting was that uh, when I went to bed, uh, which was about 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, I suddenly woke up about five o'clock in the morning there was a clock in the room and so uh, i could see what time it was and when i looked i was laying down and i looked straight up and i saw this very misshapen uh what looked to me like a female spirit it really didn't have any legs or arms or anything like that it was just kind of like a, a blob mm -hmm. and but it did have a very distinct face uh, maybe the face of uh, a 50-year-old woman and uh, something like that. And it was singing some kind of very, I would consider to be evil lullaby. I could hear the music in my head. I don't know if somebody else would be in the room if they could have heard it, meaning that they were singing it out loud where somebody could actually pick it up with a recorder or something like that. But I certainly heard it loud and clear. And I think it was some sort of incantation. Uh, and I just shot up in bed. You know, I sat up straight. When I did that, this thing shot right into the wall at 200 miles an hour to get away from me because it knew that I was going to attack it right away. That's the first thing I was going to do, being an exorcist. Didn't really have a chance. You know, it shot into the wall and probably went someplace else in the mansion. And so I got up. And I did not go back to sleep. I didn't dare go back to sleep. 
what I did was I, I first I had sat in a chair that was in the corner. Uh, even though the rooms had been somewhat remodeled, uh, they made sure there was lots of knickknacks around there that uh, were probably always in the bedrooms, which was nice. It looked nice along with some of the more remodeled things, new beds and some of the rooms had nice hot tubs in there and all that kind of thing. So there's kind of a combination of both, but I never did get back to sleep. Uh, I didn't feel right. Uh, and I ended up going downstairs in the basement, uh, even though that the speakeasy was in the basement and now sort of a private bar and that's where people congregated. It turned out that in this mansion that the higher that you went, which is what I tried to explain to the ghost hunters, the higher that you go inside of this mansion, meaning the floors, the different floors, the different rooms, the more activity that there was. And so what I did was I did the exact opposite, Charlotte. I went down into the basement. So I was sitting down there all by myself. And uh, uh, it's five o'clock in the morning. And I, and I, I actually did not live close to this place, even though this place is inside of the city of, of Milwaukee. At the time, I was living in a suburb. Uh, and I was I not have not always lived in Milwaukee, but I was living in a, su a far suburb of Milwaukee and I don't drive well at night. Uh, I have I have uh, sort of a vision issue. I see a lot of headlights and that's about it. So I had to wait until it was light out. And this was about Halloween time. And so it was still dark here in Milwaukee. And um, so I knew I had to wait a couple of hours and they were going to have a breakfast served upstairs on the first floor. But I sat down in the basement. I wasn't frightened so much, but I just really didn't feel very good. Uh, I think I even uh, did something I don't normally do. I think I even poured, I went behind the bar and I, I poured a, a small glass of wine uh, just to maybe calm myself down because I felt very shaky. Mm -hmm. uh, and I had, I had not been drinking the night before, so it wasn't anything to do with that. Uh, but I felt really bad. And when I finally left, as soon as it was daylight, you know, they wanted to know, Hey, Jeffrey, do you want some breakfast? And I think I had some coffee and some guests from the hotels were sitting around this very large, long table. Uh, and I didn't tell anybody what happened. Uh, what I did was I just got out of there and I went back uh, to my condominium, which was in a suburb of Milwaukee, as I mentioned. I drove home and I felt sick uh, and uh, I felt very emotional. I felt uh, as though I was depressed, uh, which I, and I'm not susceptible to depression. It's just not something that really happens to me. Uh, I guess everybody gets depressed for a couple hours or a day, but I mean, for the, for a couple of days, I was in bed literally and uh, uh, I was just not myself. I had, you know, put a picture of my mother who was deceased near me because uh, she was very a very spiritual person. I did everything I could to feel better, uh, but I really had clearly been severely attacked. I had no idea how long. I really believe that was a demonic spirit. I can tell the difference, and I don't know how long this this creature was above me floating above me, about maybe three feet above me while I was laying there in bed and singing this 
awful lullaby that sounded very unmelodic. It was not a happy uh, childhood type uh, song or something like that. It was some kind of weird thing that you might hear in a horror movie or something, you know? It sounds really scary and it did sound scary. And I, I think it was some kind of in, uh, uh, incantation, like I said, that it was trying to affect me and it did affect me. And so when I was giving speeches, when I was touring the mansion, when I was leading people around sometimes when they had questions, I was fine. Not everybody was fine. Uh, sometimes negative things happened in this mansion uh, and and sometimes positive things. There was kind of a mixture of both positive and negative spirits in this mansion, but that's the way that the owners wanted it because they, they built it as a haunted mansion and haunted mansion it was, but uh, they would not let me clear it. And I understand that because they wanted it to, when they were renting out rooms that, hey, you're sleeping in a haunted mansion. And uh, that's the way, but I'm not supposed to be doing that as an exorcist, you know, that Charlotte, when I go into a place that's haunted and somebody says, hey, I think my house is in trouble or I think my business is in trouble or somebody's in trouble in my home, my job is to get rid of the problem. And I was not allowed to do anything. So I spent three days staying overnight at this place. And I, as I said, nothing happened to me the first two nights. It was a third night when there was actually far less people there. It was more of a party. And that's when things happened. And so I was not paying attention and I was asleep. And that's when I was attacked. And how did they attack you? How did she attack you? How did she attack me? Yeah. Well, I'll well, you during the night, of course. But was there anything else? Just no, uh, I think it was the same spirit that was probably lifting this 35 pound, whatever it is. I think back in the 1800s, they had these things for decorations uh -huh. uh, by the foot of the bed. It covered like the last one third of the bed. It was never meant to be a blanket because it was not large enough. And I'm sure some of your listeners out there and your viewers would probably know the name of these these things. But me... You know, I, I'm just a, a, a guy. I've never been married or anything. And so I don't know. I would not know the name of these these things. Oh, but uh, uh, and so when this thing was rose up and was waving in midair, uh, it was very high off the bed. And I knew, you know, a positive spirit is not going to do something like that. I yeah. knew that something was messing with me. Uh, I had... In, in my own way, I had wished that I, I had never really gone there, not because I was attacked, just because when I go into a, a haunted house or a mansion, my job is to clear it. That's what an exorcist does. And so here, here I am giving speeches about what not to do in a haunted house, but I'm not trying to change it or fix it in any way. And so I became, you know, essentially one of the victims and I'll never do that again. You know, right. I, I actually had resisted for years. I had been asked by different ghost hunting groups, hey, will you come to this haunted house? We don't want you to clear it. We want activity. We just want you there in case something happens or that uh, uh, to give people a, a speech, which I do about 
the do's and don'ts mm -hmm. of uh, ghost hunting. Like I said, you know, don't provoke a ghost. Don't go in there and say, you know, pinch me or scratch me or push me down the stairs mm -hmm. just to prove that something exists. Because they not only will they do that, they're also very likely to follow that person home and attack that person's family or attack that person when they're not in the haunted home or the haunted mansion or the haunted whatever. And so I try to get that across as well when I'm giving these speeches that, hey, it, something may, spirits are not trapped inside of properties. And so they can just as easily follow you home. And if you provoke one of them that's negative, you know, saying, hey, you know, prove to me that you exist. You know, I, I, I want some proof. That's not a good thing to do because it may decide not to do anything and then may decide to follow that person home and attack their children. Mm -hmm. And they attack young children as well, children in their crib uh, or, you know, children that are six years old or 10 years oh. old, people's wives. And, and they don't have any clue as to how to get rid of the problem. And so uh, they may call me or they may not have my website or telephone number and not be able to do anything about it. And so I'm very careful to warn people about provoking spirits just to prove that they exist. Absolutely. I have a rather lengthy comment in the chat room for you. Um, it's from Aragorn Living. Uh, it says, I concur with all you said about spirits. After studying them for 20 years, including for 10 years, I had a brain injury. This the, this I now have learned was done via remote access by my parents. That's interesting. Um, I was manipulated and moving in with the family to heal from injury. Then the parent named me directly uh, attempted murder. Oh, wow. Uh, repeatedly, I escaped. Attempted murder healing. Uh, says, what What can shift this dynamic? I am clear this parent has pursued my, my harm life after life, and also they have profound helpless power, powerlessness and want to feel powerful via harming. They've also uh, poisoned physically my, my other parents. They also recruited my sibling to, to assault and stalk me, which they did. This parent clearly signed on with extreme negative spirits long ago. Is there any help at all? Is this person uh, saying that uh, one of the spirit encounters uh, led to the brain damage? I think so, yeah, that's what they're saying. I believe so. Uh, it's not likely, okay. really. I mean that, uh, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, a spirit that is able to affect physical reality. These, now, these things do happen. Uh, usually what's going on, though, is that something flies across the room, a picture drops off the wall, uh, something is moved, uh, sometimes somebody is pushed, occasionally uh, there are uh markings on a person's body these things can happen brain damage is a pretty serious thing though uh the brain is a physical uh object the mind is a non-physical 
object, uh -huh. meaning our minds and our brains, there is a difference. But let's just say that, you know, some of these things uh, happened. Right. And so uh, I think that uh, we need to learn how to protect ourselves mm -hmm. from not only negative spirits, but also negative people. Mm -hmm. There are far more uh, negative people around than negative spirits. Uh, negative spirits are there and they do attack people. But what's really going on, on in our world today is that uh, people are being negative and they're not all being attacked by negative spirits and amplified their emotions by negative spirits. Uh, we're pretty negative right now. And I, I, I'm not speaking to everybody out there and I'm not saying everybody's right. negative. Right. What I'm just saying is that as a society mm -hmm. uh, right now, uh, no matter what country you might be in, that uh, as you know, that uh, there's a lot of negative thinking, there's a lot of anger happening right now. And that also can have a terrible effect upon other people. And that's one of the problems that I'm uh, trying to get through uh, with some of my writing. Mm -hmm. I recently uh, wrote an essay called Bad Spirits on the Internet. And that is all about the idea that things that we read, things that we see on a video level, mm -hmm. whether it be video games or uh, the news, uh, and, uh, and also people that we contact, like say on social media or maybe just writing comments, uh, you know, on news reports. I, I do that sometimes as well. I, I'm certainly on social media too. I have several Facebook pages, but uh, it can be very dangerous because we're not treating each other very well right now. And so we're letting our anger get uh, control of ourselves and that is perpetuating that anger. And so what we see can actually amplify our anger. We see a lot of, if anybody who takes a look at the news, there is nothing positive on the news. Once in a while, they have a nice little story. It's not very common. So usually uh, the news is full of negativity. And I, I don't think that it has to be. I don't think that's the best way to go about it. And I think one of the problems is this. Now, I'm 63 years old. And so I grew up in the, in the 1960s and I went to high school in the 1970s. I went into the Air Force in 1978. Now, when I was growing up, and I think maybe a lot of listeners out there who are a little bit older will uh, remember, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of listeners out there who are younger will find this to be very interesting, a lot of the viewers and listeners out there. When I was growing up, the evening news was only 30 minutes long. That was it, yeah. 30 minutes every day. And then after the 30 minutes was up and it wasn't positive stuff either, to be, to be fair, it was negative, but it was only 30 minutes worth of negative stuff. And then after the national 
30-minute news to tell you, you know, what bomb went off here or what was happening in Vietnam or whatever uh, when I was growing up. Then came 30 minutes of local news, weather, and sports. News being about 12 minutes long, and then they went into the weather, which was far more positive, no matter where you lived. And then they went into sports, which was kind of long as well. So you only got about 12 minutes of local news and uh, then half an hour before that of national news. Now we live in a society where the news is 24 hours a day. Is it a good thing or bad thing? I don't think it's going to change. I don't think it really matters what I think uh, that it's not going to change. I mean, it's okay to have access to uh, the news, to what's happening around the world and what's happening in uh, whatever country you happen to live in or locality of what where you live as well. But of course, it's almost all negative. And so in, in place of getting half an hour of negativity every day and saying, okay, now it's time for something positive, because right. uh, uh, prime time would start. There was only, uh, you know, they didn't have cable television when I was growing up. They only had like three or four stations. Right. And so after the news, it was right into the Beverly Hillbillies or I Dream of Genie or something like that, which at that or Bewitched. At that time, those shows were prime time shows. Uh, they had all sorts of shows, you know, Lost in Space for those that are into science fiction. I used to watch that quite often. But uh, we didn't get the barrage of negativity that we do today. And so now it's pretty much uh, not only uh, negative. Uh, stuff that you can access 24 hours a day, uh, but uh, also conversations with people on social media mm -hmm. uh, and also looking at, say, conversations over news reports where people write comments. That's also very common. These are people that you're never going to meet. I mean, some people you might know. I mean, some people are maybe friends from high school or college or, you know, at work or something like that. But the majority of people on your Facebook page or whatever, TikTok or whatever it's going to be, are people you've never met, you've never met, and you never will. Sure. And yet, you don't even know who they are. Right. It may not even be who you think they are. Just because they have a name... And they and they spell out words does not does not mean that they uh, they're necessarily who they say they are. You know, mm -hmm. it's been you know shown conclusively that some of these people are uh, definitely not who they say they are. And there are even places around the world that do nothing that, uh, but have sort of fake people go out there and uh, get involved in arguments deliberately. So somebody says something nice and they'll say, oh, that's not true. The, the, there's two moons in the sky, not one. And a person gets angry and says, no, there's only one moon around the earth. And they'll say, no, there's two. And so it makes a person get angry. Uh, the earth is flat, which it's not, uh, in order to uh, get a person to be angry. And so we have not, uh, not only people that are inserting themselves and sometimes just regular people with opinions, too. I mean, besides like fake people, 
out there. There's also just people that have a really bad, as Charlotte mentioned earlier, very wisely, bad attitudes. Mm -hmm. They're not happy people and they have nothing positive to add to the conversation. They're angry about whatever is going on in their life. And so they deliberately start arguments with people. We buy into it. Uh, and uh, also negative spirits can can come close to people when they're feeling angry and they're on the internet and then uh, that can amplify their anger because these spirits are full of rage mm -hmm. and full of their own hatred and anger. And when they come close, you can feel it. Everybody has probably had uh, an experience of being in a room, an office or someplace, uh, maybe a store where mm -hmm there's an angry person and they don't necessarily have to say anything. You just can feel it. We're all very psychic. It's not just me. Everybody is psychic. Everybody has some psychic ability. Psychic ability uh, simply is perception, nothing more, nothing less. And so uh, spirits can also come close to people and amplify their angers. And that includes people that might be in the news as well as just reading it. Uh, something that also was not around when I was growing up. You know, I'm not trying to be nostalgic here. I'm just trying to show people some of the changes that have occurred in our society. We didn't have any video games when I was growing up. There wasn't any anything on the television that you could shoot and kill wasn't any blood splattering or anything like that. Uh, and so we had to make up our own fun, you know, and, and go climb trees and play sports and uh, snowball fights, water balloon fights. And we had our own aggression things going on, but it was far less violent. It wasn't sitting in front of a video screen and shooting people, which I, I don't I don't really like those kind of video games. I don't think it affects everybody in a negative way. So please don't think I'm saying that they're all video games are bad, mm -hmm. but there are a lot of unstable, you know, children tend to be emotionally unstable naturally because they're not, because they're children. And so uh, children today are being exposed to levels of violence uh, like never before in our history. Mm -hmm. And uh, that also includes movies. Now there's nothing wrong with violent movies. I mean, if you're an adult, uh, you can't really get through a good action movie. And I like action movies. And I, I even like to watch horror movies, although not as much as I used to because I get enough of that at the office. But I do like good horror movies. And uh, and But as an adult, we can discern what is real and not real. If we're a stable adult, if we're not stable, then there could be a problem. But children ha now have access to these movies on the Internet and sometimes we uh, adults have collections of movies at home, uh, like DVDs, and uh, children can get a hold of them when the parents are gone and see things that we could not have seen. When I was growing up, when I was growing up, we there was no way to get a hold of these movies. Now, for one thing, they didn't have those kind of violent movies that they do today. Uh, uh, the movies that were coming out at the time back in the 60s and 70s when I was growing up, 
really had a lot less violence in them and they weren't so gory. Uh, and uh, the only way to really get into, they were rated R. We all know what that is. Mm -hmm. Right. And you had to go to a movie theater and you could not get in unless you were 17 or 18 years old to see an R-rated movie. So there's no way you were going to see it. Uh, of course, the way we got to see those things uh, when I was growing up was that they had just come out with the multiplex movie theaters. And my friends and I, uh, we'd go in and, and see maybe a PG movie, as they say, a PG movie, something uh, anybody can get into. Right. And then when the movie was over, we would just sneak into the R-rated movie to see that one. Uh, not saying you should do that, but yes, that's what we did. And uh, but the level of violence, I, I, I think back, I'm going to name a movie here because uh, back when I was, oh, this came out, I think, in 1971, The French Connection. It's an excellent movie, really. But at that time, it was considered to be one of the most violent movies ever produced. Now, anybody who knows anything about movies is going to say, well, I've seen that movie. That's not even violent. And you know what? It really isn't. But it was considered at, the, at that time to be one of the most violent movies ever made. That shows you how we progressed as a society, you know, from, you know, some action and maybe a few people getting shot in the movie uh -huh, uh -huh. to an absolute uh, blood fest, essentially, that are happening today. And un unfortunately, uh, uh, there is no real software that can stop uh, an intelligent teenager from getting access to not only violent contact content, but sexual content that we simply had no way of, of seeing when I was growing up. There was just simply no way. No matter how hard I try to dig into my father's drawer and find this stuff, all I ever really found were Playboys and Penthouse magazines. Right. That was about it. Uh, not to say there wasn't stuff out there, but uh, the movies, all the, the pornography movies, the porno movies were on eight millimeters uh, and they were not, uh, they, it was something you'd really have to look for to buy. You could not buy them in any particular adult bookstore type of thing or something like that. It was something you'd probably have to order, sp uh, especially through some magazine or something like that. And most people's parents did not have that. And you'd have to set up a projector and, and all of that just to watch it. So we didn't have access to the strong sexual content and the strong violent content. And I think that's also leading to a lot of problems in our society. Uh, and so uh, negative spirits and demonic spirits think nothing of attacking children. There's no rules that say that okay, if I'm a demonic spirit, I'm only going to attack people that are above the age of 18. That simply doesn't happen. Uh, I get calls every day from families that are under attack and uh, uh, they uh, their children are being attacked and even children in the cradle that are as young as two or three months old. Uh, demonic spirits will attack anybody and many negative spirits will attack uh, anybody as well. So there's a lot of things going on out there that we don't see. And since we normally do not see negative spirits because they're non-physical, 
And the only difference between a spirit and a person is that a person has a physical body. Mm -hmm. So essentially what they are is criminal spirits. They're spirits that attack living human beings and also other spirits. But that's not something we have to worry about. Mm -hmm. it's, it's us we have to worry about that negative spirits attack not only adults, but they attack children. And we're making it easy on them right now uh, because of our own negativity. Uh, we can't even get along with each other. And I'll, I'll, say, I'll also say this very quickly. Uh, when I was growing up, and I grew up in a city, and in a northern city, and uh, it was completely impolite to talk about religion and politics with your neighbors. It was completely impolite Absolutely. to talk about, yeah, back in the 60s and 70s, 1970s. Yep. That was last century, people. But uh, it was completely... We still had electric lights then, too, guys. Yeah, and, and it, was, it was no way to make friends, you know, because all around me were people who belonged to different religions right. or no religions. All around me were people who were uh, conservative or liberal or something in between or a mixture of in between. Right. And so it was no way. Uh, we had a lot of barbecues out there. We had block parties. And I grew up in a very normal neighborhood, uh, the same kind of neighborhoods we have today. Mm -hmm. But we simply did not talk about religion and politics at parties and not with our friends in high school uh, and a college that I went to. We didn't do that as well. When I was in the Air Force from 1978 to 1982, we did not talk about religion and politics with our fellow uh, Air Force personnel. We just didn't do it, you know, uh, not at work and not at play. You know, I mean, we didn't work all day long in the Air Force. You know, we had really massive parties and really great parties. And also there were clubs to go to on the Air Force base. We didn't talk about religion. We didn't talk about politics. Uh, we consider that to be your personal business. Mm -hmm. And so we, we were not so divided. And, and uh, this greatly changed today where uh, it seems that that is the number one thing that people talk about uh, is uh, people, a person's religion, a person's uh, ethnic origin, a person's sexuality. I mean, when it comes to something like uh, gay and bisexual people, they were around back Ascent, uh, you know, in the 1970s and 60s, a plenty, lots. It was very popular, and they were not excluded from parties. They were allowed at all of the parties, and we went to their parties as well. We did not care about their sexuality, so that this was not uh, uh, something that was uh, uh, talked about. Really, uh, well, I shouldn't say not talked about. I mean, everybody's curious. So the idea that, you know, we, we might ask somebody about that, mm -hmm. we're not going to exclude somebody because that they are gay or bisexual or, or whatever. Uh, it just didn't happen. Uh, and so that's something that's kind of new and very disappointing to me uh, that we're, it seems like we're regressing as a society and going back into our little camps uh, where nobody's talking to each other if they have different kinds of lifestyles or different kinds of feelings. And by the way, when it comes to gay and, and lesbian people 
and bisexual people. That has been going on since the beginning of time. And that to me is completely natural. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and, and now it seems to be something that's made into a political weapon. Uh, it's oh, really absolutely. awful to see. I, I, you know, I, I thought we were finished with this stuff, Charlotte, in the 1960s and 70s. I thought we yeah. were heading in the right direction. And now it seems that we're going backwards. Oh, absolutely. I've got a couple more questions for you, then I'll let you go. Um, when you talk about the difference between a ghost and a negative energy or a demon, uh, one of the things that, you know, when I go out on investigation and I'm questioning the client is, are any heavy objects being lifted? Because my understanding is that a ghost can only lift so, so much weight, you know, maybe two, three pounds. And the demon does the heavy lifting. And that's how you can tell the difference. There's a big difference between a ghost and a spirit, whether it be a demonic spirit or just a person who have passed on. And I should probably make uh, that assertion here. Okay. Uh, essentially, like say when a person does an EVP machine or something, now, let me give you an example. Uh, I believe a ghost is, is something that has just happened in the past. So if you have, you have a house and maybe you have a, a lady who lived in this house for 20 or 30 years and every day she gets up out of bed and she goes down the stairs and into the kitchen and makes some coffee or makes some tea. And years later, through... Uh, some uh, mode of uh, uh, desertion, meaning that you pick it up on a visual level with your mind or you pick it up with some kind of machine and you get this impression of a person walking down the stairs, that doesn't mean that it's happening in the now. And that is my definition of a ghost, meaning that it is something that happened in the past but is not happening right now. Right now, uh, we're talking spirits and that is something that is a conscious being uh essentially a person who has passed on uh as far as the heavy lifting goes absolutely that demonic spirits are far more powerful than a regular spirit that is negative and continues to do negative things uh i believe that a demonic spirit is essentially the counterpart of an angel, meaning that they're on the same power level. Not that they were necessarily angels. That's religion saying that, you know, that a fallen angel type of thing. I'm not saying that that's not possible for a positive spirit to become negative through jealousy or something like that. I think it's possible and it does happen, I would think. But we're talking about the level of ability to move things and the level of ability to destroy somebody's life, to get into somebody's head telepathically and make them feel bad about themselves, possibly suicidal and even homicidal. If a person is really angry and thinking about maybe doing something bad to people at work, that would be something that would interest a demonic spirit in saying, I can push this person over the edge and get them to pick up that rifle, that automatic weapon, and go in there and blow away a bunch of innocent people, mm-hmm. and uh, then it's too late. And right. it does happen. Uh, and so that is what they do. And the sad part of this, Charlotte, is that demonic spirits and 
negative spirits, people who are dead and just do negative things, which is just a small percentage of spirits. Mm -hmm. Most spirits are good that um, they simply uh, they do it for frivolous reasons, meaning that they don't always know the person or anything. It's not like somebody, you know, like your Uncle Charles or something like that, you know. Uh, this is more to do with the idea that they do this for kicks. That's their idea of a good time to see if they can get somebody to commit suicide or continue to be depressed or to do violence on the innocent or who they perceive to be guilty and, and whoever that might be and to hurt people. That's what they like to do. And there's not always a good reason. One of the, the things I've done a lot of television and radio shows in the last 34 years. And uh, they're, one of the things that I always get, these questions I get, you know, from the show host and, is about what is the reason that this is happening, Jeffrey? And I say the reason is, is that number one, people are not protecting themselves. Mm -hmm. And the second reason is, is that uh, that spirits have no reason to do these things. They just do it uh, for ego because there's something wrong with these spirits. They're not any more stable than the people that they're trying to attack, maybe far less stable. They're also very angry and they hate humans and they might even hate themselves. And so uh, there's not always a reason behind each attack. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they just look for opportunity targets of opportunity. Fascinating. Now, when you get ready to take one of these spirits off, it, you know, say somebody calls you out, you know, to come off of their place, how do you prepare for that? First, I find out what's going on. Uh, get a background mm -hmm. on what's happening in the home, a background of what's happening with the person. Uh, and, and I get these images and, and information that comes to me telepathically very often from my own positive spirit guides mm -hmm. of what is happening inside of the home. I really, uh, it's kind of interesting that usually before I start any kind of clearing and I do a lot of distance work as well, because there is no such thing as distance on a non-physical level. So very often I'm working with pictures or I'm, or I'm working through Zoom or Skype. Mm -hmm. And I seem to know, and I think it's my spirit guides, my intuition and also my spirit guides saying, okay, Jeffrey, this is what you're walking into. I know that before the internet came along, when I was just doing in-person work, I'd be driving to somebody's home. They might've told me some things that are going on. Before I would actually get to the home, Charlotte, I would know the intensity of the problem. And it, it just came to me. And I would think that that would be information sent to me by my spirit guides saying that, okay, there's one spirit in the house. It's not a demonic spirit, but it's a negative spirit. There's a demonic spirit in the house, Jeffrey. So be careful. Uh, or there's just negative emotional energy from past and present occupants in the home which don't always mix. And that's one of the biggest issues I deal with is just negative emotional energies. And so I would get these warnings uh, and I still do mm -hmm. saying, okay, before I start 
to clear the home or the business or the person that work on people as well, that I get an idea of what's going on. And certainly when I start the clearing, personal clearings are usually less than an hour. It takes me about 45 minutes to do a proper clearing. Homes, uh, I usually spend a couple days on, but not continuously. I'll just go back and forth, spend about half an hour, an hour on it, maybe another hour the next day, this kind of thing. I'll get, I'll, when I go into the home, uh, I get impressions. Like say I have a picture of a home sure. or I have uh, uh, somebody's taking me on a Skype or a Zoom tour, or I'm just, just looking at a person talking from the home. I will get these images in my head, in my mind, uh, of what is going on in the home so that I know that if, if I'm dealing with a negative spirit or a demonic spirit, because they are different, and uh, or if I'm just dealing with a very large accumulation of emotional energy from past occupants, because most of the places that we live, if it's not new construction, then a lot of people have slept in your bedroom. Yeah. Bedrooms are bedrooms, and you know they probably have had maybe you know 10 or 15 or 20 different people sleeping in your bedroom, all leaving their emotional energy imprints in your bedroom, in your kitchens, living rooms, basements, every place else that you happen to traverse. So very often it's not spirits. Uh, it can also just be a big accumulation of negative emotional energies. The positive emotional energies, uh, I don't do anything about. The energies that I throw through people uh, and also through homes and businesses only affect negative emotional energies. And they, they push them out of the home and I usually push them right into the ground. That's what I normally do. I direct the energies that I push and the energies that I use in order to do a clearing as an exorcist uh, only have an effect upon the negative emotional energies. And that goes through every part of the home meaning uh, the beds, the couches, uh, which all pick up emotional energy just by sitting on them and sleeping on them. We're putting emotional energy while we're sleeping on things. Uh, and also, it go sometimes it goes into the walls of the home or the apartment. Uh, sometimes I call it uh, like a sick house effect, meaning that there's been so much emotional energy in the home that it actually permeates into the walls, mm -hmm. uh, causing the home to be essentially ill. Now, a home is not a living thing, right. but it can hold in emotional energy uh, because of the, uh, the building materials that the apartments, condominiums, homes, and businesses are made from are usually pretty natural or somewhat natural you know, some kind of stone or brick or something to put together by people who are building these things, they can actually hold in uh, emotional energies, both positive and negative. Uh, and that can also be true of jewelry, things that we wear and even clothing. Although usually when we wash clothing, it washes out the emotional content. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the science that that is called is called psychometry. Many of you might have heard of that listening uh, and watching this show that uh, that when you're holding something in your hand or you're wearing something, 
throughout time that can actually pick up and hold in emotional energy, positive and or negative. And so I do recommend that people uh, clear their objects that they wear occasionally. And there are different ways to do that. Absolutely. Jeffrey, I want to thank you for coming on again. It's always a pleasure. Oh, thank you for having me on, Charlotte. You can get a hold of me. Get a hold, my website is starclear.com, starclear.com. And uh, you'll find all of my contact information on there. And anybody who uh, wants a copy of my new uh, essay, uh, which is just in written form, it's called Bad Spirits on the Internet. Mm -hmm. I'd be happy to send you uh, a copy of that if you just email me and tell me you want that. My email address is on my website. And uh, also sends you a downloadable copy of my new audio book that just came out a number of months ago. And that is called Moving Energy. And that's even got a few techniques to help people learn how to protect themselves. Absolutely. We're going to have to get you back on here again at some point. because It's so fascinating to talk to you. Be happy to. All right, sir. Well, you have a great rest of your evening. Thank you. You too. Have a good one, sir. You too. Oh, yeah, it's always fun to have him on. I always learn so much, so much. Sorry for the confusion at first. I've just been really busy, really tired today. It's been a long day for me. I'm not a morning person, and I was up this morning, and I ended up being up all day, so it throws me off. I want to thank the, pe the uh, people that came in that haven't been in the chat room before, and let me blow this up a little bit. I want to thank, um, <laughs> I can't even see, Lilith. I want to thank uh, Marigold Living. I want to thank, I want to thank you all. Virgo Living, um, let me get in here, uh, Lewis Rose, I want to thank Marisa Haynes, I want to thank Pamela Schmidt, I want to thank Terry Baser for joining us tonight, it was fantastic to see your, see your comments as, as this thing was going on, and I really appreciate it. Tomorrow, uh, bear in mind that tomorrow the show will be at noon, because it, uh, my guest is from England, and it, my guest is uh, Paul Sinclair, and he's going to be talking about ghosts and cryptids. From the uk so it's going to be an interesting show tomorrow but that'll be at noon pacific so remember that so uh, i i will be here and i hope you're here as well uh again i want to thank you guys for coming if you like the show share it with five people if you hated the show share it with five of your enemies we are equal opportunity here let's try to build our numbers up and stuff and uh, it's working you know the more word of mouth we have the better it is but uh thank you all for coming tonight and i will see you guys tomorrow and i'm going to give you this contact information and, and all that good stuff, and we'll, and we'll mention his books on here as well. So let me get back in here, let me find the proper slide, here we go. Here we go. The website is starclear.com. And the one book is Life of an Exorcist. Moving Energy by Jeffrey Seelman. And Power Protection by Jeffrey Seelman. And of course, you can get those at his website at starclear.com or lowercase. Anyway, before I sign off once again, if you are interested in meditating with me once or twice a day, 
you can do that. Join, join the meditation club. I'll, uh, if the link's not up there, but it should be up there. I don't know. I'll double check. I've been on that page today. Uh, I will put a link up today as soon as I finish uploading this uh, RSS feed to iHeartRadio and all those places. We'll get a link up. And I think it's going to be nice. It's going to be nice because, I'm, I'm, like I said, not only meditation, but we're going to work on, 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 on health energy and things like that as well during these sessions. All right. So I'll see you tomorrow noon at uh, noon Pacific. Have a great evening, everybody.